Hello, this is the State Senate DFL Podcast, Call of the Senate. I'm your host, Senator Jeff Hayden. Thank you for joining us. The purpose of the podcast is to allow you, the listener, to better understand our senators with stories about their background, where they grew up, the moment they knew they wanted to be a public servant. Also, we'll be discussing legislation or general changes in society that they hope to accomplish during their time in the Senate. Today we have Senator Nick Friends from Senate District 19, which is in the southern part of the state. Welcome. Thanks very much, Senator. Good. We're glad to have you here at Call of the Senate. So tell us kind of a little bit about you, uh, your background. I know it's a little unique. Um, so just kind of tell us kind of how you how you grew up. Where did you grow up? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I represent Senate District 19, but I live in North Mankato, so greater Mankato area. I'm a freshman, so this is the start of my third year in the Senate. I enjoy serving with you and everybody else very much. Thank you. Uh, my father's side of the family is from Mankato, about 150 years, but he was drafted into the Army, and I was born on an Army base in northern Japan. And then he married my mom, who's from the Los Angeles area, and we were raised on the West Coast almost entirely in Northern California. Is that right? Well, you and I have something in common. We both spent a little time, our formative years, uh, in Northern California. I know that you said you're a graduate of Berkeley High School? No, actually, by high school, I'd moved to Davis High uh, outside of Sacramento. My mom worked at the California State Senate for about 13 years, but we went to grade school and elementary school in Berkeley, so about six years in the Berkeley Public Schools in late 60s, early 70s. Well, that's amazing. It must have been uh, quite a trip, if you will, to go to school in Berkeley in the late 60s and 70s. There was a lot of free speech going on at that time. It was. We had a lot happening. Uh, we had a lot of civil rights things. Uh, my school was almost fully integrated by sixth grade. Our classes were 90% African American. If you like uh, public events, we also had Patty Hearst kidnapped not too far from my house. Yeah. And we had uh, higher ed issues at the University of California where both my parents went and met. So never a dull moment in Berkeley back then. Absolutely. The SLA and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Wow. So you're a lawyer by uh, training. So uh, help us understand why you are I mean, why you wanted to be a lawyer and where did you go to school and what kind of law do you <clears throat> practice? Well, I went to McAllister. So I, first of all, I moved back to Minnesota where... Uh, all my dad's family still lived, and back then both my great-grandmothers, in 1980. So the minute I got out of high school, 39 short years ago, came back to McAllister College. And I was actually a journalism major for the first two years, which I enjoyed. But my advisor eventually said, yeah, no, journalism's not for you. You should go into pre-law. And from there I went to William Mitchell, graduated in 87, and joined my family firm, which is Friends and Friends down in Mankato, with my dad and his little brother, now reunited in uh, Greater Mankato, and we practiced there for about 30 years. And about a year ago, I merged our firm partly to finish my work in the Senate with another firm, and now I work as a partner at Mashkar Reedy Reese and Friends in Mankato, which is a larger firm. I do exclusively civil litigation, personal injury, and wrongful death, and have since the day I got my license in October of 87. Well, thank you for that. So tell us a little bit about why you wanted to join the Minnesota Senate and what motivated you to come uh, to St. Paul and represent the great folks in the greater Mankato area? Well, first of all, my mom worked in the California State Senate for about 13 years. She was like the Tom Kakelka, so she was the chief of staff to the majority leader, and I thought that was really cool. 
and we had a lot of stuff going on back then with uh, property taxes. Most of those years I had moved back to Minnesota, but she and I talked about it all the time. As I lived in Mankato, people would occasionally mention it, but no one more seriously than former Senator Kathy Sharon, who about five years before I ran started talking to me about it more seriously. And in August of 2015, she said, Basically, uh, it's either now or never. I'm thinking of getting ready to retire, and if you're not going to run, someone else is going to be in the Senate seat soon. So I took her up on that and have not regretted a single minute of it. Well, that's fantastic. It's really good to hear your story. Um, Senator French or Nick, tell us something uh, about you that people wouldn't know. Tell us about your hobbies or things that you're really interested in that that just wouldn't show up on your bio. Well, assuming my bio has born in Japan on it, uh, that would probably be the number one thing people don't know. But I spend a lot of time with youth sports and find that for community building, that's an area I have the most to give in. We just graduated our youngest of four children and literally thousands of games that they played in, mostly football and hockey. And I'm about a 15-year board member of youth football down there and have worked with baseball, hockey, um, all the sports. And I just think that's something I've really seen kids respond to when they're given a structured environment. And since I am a natural cheerleader for Greater Mankato anyway, it's a perfect fit for me. Absolutely. Speaking of your family, tell us about your family. Well, I'm married to uh, Jill, my wife of 30 years this June. She says we're taking a great... Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, She's the little sister of my college roommate and best friend, so that's a little bit unusual as well. He and I were uh, freshmen at McAllister, and then he invited me out to his house and said, hey, you know, you look homesick, maybe a home-cooked meal. And I said, you don't know how homesick I am. (laughs) And his little sister, uh, my wife, who was then in ninth grade, and I met. And then about five years later, we started dating. And I'm very proud of our four children, Vanessa, 28, Andrew, 25, Derek, 22, and Sean, 19. And right now, only three of them are in college, so I write a tuition check about every eight minutes. I know how that feels. So now, tell us about some of the work that you are doing at the legislature, or even some of the work that you've done uh, that you're proud of. Well, first of all, I serve on the Senate Transportation Committee, the Senate Family Care and Aging Committee, and the Senate Agriculture Finance Committee, which is a great opportunity for me as a Democrat who represents some agriculture in the Senate and a good voice for us in the DFL to show farmers that we're there for them. So I enjoy all three of those committees. I'm also on the Office of Legislative Auditor Commission. That's a very, very uh, good spot for me to be in. Then I serve on the Pension Commission, so working with uh, our state employees to try to protect their pensions. It's been a fantastic first two years. I'm proud of a lot of things that we've done as a caucus and also individually. Obviously, I worked on the PTSD bill to protect firemen, policemen, and first responders. Very glad to get that across the finish line. I have some background in workers' comp law, so that helped me understand that better. And then I think just the learning curve, uh, understanding what your district needs and trying to get to know them better. And then the Senate, which, as you know, There's a learning curve here, too, understanding the structure, understanding the people, and getting to know the very fine senators that serve with me in the DFL caucus. Good, good. So I know you spent a little time on the Housing Commission this past year. There's a lot of talk about housing, um, affordable housing, workforce housing. 
um, you know, right-sizing that. There's that. That's in the news a lot. Tell us about your experience on the Housing Commission, especially, if I may, from a greater Minnesota or, uh, a perspective, because we hear a lot about it in the metro where I serve. But uh, tell us about that experience and what are some of the things you think we can do in greater Minnesota? Sure. Well, I'm glad you asked me that. I think that's a fundamental issue facing the state and, for that matter, the rest of the nation. The governor's task force on housing was a uh, opportunity I had about a year ago, served about a year on it, and learned a ton. What we need to ask ourselves is what are the basic things we'll do for Minnesotans? And Greater Minnesota has many of the same issues with homelessness, with affordable housing, and we can provide grant programs, infrastructure bonds, uh, you know, housing support if we make it a priority. And we should. It's not only the right thing to do if we're all in this together in Minnesota, but it's a great economic investment. Uh, Mankato, for example, has its own housing task force, and we found that when we can support housing, it pays off for our businesses, it pays off for the stability of our communities, it has implications for public safety and crime. I mean, it's just, it's a winner. As with all our budgeting issues here, we have to decide what resources we're willing to allocate to it. Um, on the agri- uh, excuse me, the long-term care and aging, it's um, something we've talked about. On agriculture finance, it's also rural development and housing. So we're going to see some requests for uh, bonding in there, which I think is around $300 million. I don't know if we're going to be able to go quite that far, but I'm very pleased to see the emphasis the state's put on housing, and I thank Governor Dayton for putting me on that committee. And then what about home ownership? I know that we often talk about affordable housing from a rental perspective, um, but what about affordable home ownership? Did that come up in the in the task force? Sure, and we have a couple ways that we approach that. First of all, I'm actually a little bit of a fan of rehabilitation to increase home ownership. So that Mankato, some of the houses are 100, 130, 140 years old. We can rehabilitate those houses in a much more affordable way, helping people move into home ownership. We have too big a gap right now between a renter, uh, let's say a young man or woman who comes out of Minnesota State, Mankato, and the renting. It's too big a jump for them to buy a house. And the more we can make it affordable, the more they'll move into it. And as you know, home ownership also provides community stability. It increases the commitment to neighborhoods. It's got all kinds of pluses. Rehabilitation isn't free either. We have to provide grants and support both at the local and state level to fix up some of the older places, not just from an energy-efficient standpoint, but from a safety standpoint. So I would be remiss if I didn't let you out to talk a little bit about Highway 14 and your work on that. You have done your homework, Senator. Hats off to you. Uh, Well, Highway 14 is a project in the southern part of the state, which is only about 40-plus years old. The, uh, for those of you listening to the podcast that aren't from southern Minnesota, Highway 14 runs due east and west and is really through the heartbeat of southern Minnesota from all the way on the South Dakota border to Winona. So it traverses the entire state. We have had advocates who have worked for decades to get it to be four lanes from Rochester to New Ulm. And wouldn't you know it, it runs right through my district. Uh, we now have four lanes to Nicollet, which is a small town about halfway between my hometown of North Mankato and Nick, uh, New Almond, we would need about another $86 million if we're talking about right away and all that. I'm glad to sign a bill again this year. I was very pleased to see you and everyone else in the Senate support the bonding bill last year, which had Highway 14 completed four lanes between Dodge Center and Oatana. It's not just a commerce issue. It's not just a convenience issue. It's a public safety issue. And as a lawyer who's represented multiple families who've lost loved ones on Highway 14 where it's one lane each way, it's just been a high priority for our area, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Nice job on that. Uh, no problem, no problem. So we've been talking to Senator Nick Fritz. 
Nick, thank you so much, and thank you for participating in Call of the Senate. Thank you, Jeff, very much. Thanks for listening to Call of the Senate. I'm Senator Jeff Hayden, and I hope you enjoy getting to know my colleagues and hearing about important things that are happening at the Capitol. If you'd like to hear more stories, please visit our website at www.senatedfl.mn or connect with us on social media with the handle at SenateDFL. Thank you.